Welcome to the Leadership Meets Life podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Phil Berge. Every episode, I challenge you to connect action and wisdom on your leadership journey. Each podcast features a leadership tool or approach to apply immediately to your work and life. Drawing from my experiences as a business owner, a nonprofit executive, an educator, a process consultant, and an executive coach. If you'd like to dig deeper, you can find these episodes and more on leadershipmeetslifepodcast.com. Join me as I bring some theory, a little humor, and tons of results-oriented wisdom served up in about 20 minutes while you exercise, drive, or wherever you're ready to grow. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Phil Berge, and I'm excited to share this sixth episode of the Leadership Meets Life podcast. Today, we're going to explore an approach to leadership and change that is one of my favorites. It's the work of Otto Scharmer, a disciple of Peter Senge and Edgar Schein at Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and it's called Theory U. So let's get started. The title of my podcast and blog series is leadership meets life. You won't be surprised to learn that this intentional use of words means that I view both leadership and life holistically. As an executive coach working with leaders of all kinds over the past several decades, I've observed that most successful leaders are well aware of the folly of pretending they can keep their professional and personal lives somehow magically separate. Life is a whole. And that's whole spelled with a W, as in holistic, which ironically begins with an H. Weird. Anyway, the leadership approach and tool we're focusing on in this episode features the work of Otto Scharmer, a German-born economist who teaches at MIT. Scharmer has developed a model called Theory U that focuses on the notion of presencing. Yep, I said presencing, which sounds made up, but it's not. It's a blend of the words present and sensing, as in being present to what you're sensing. Presencing. Let's get down to business because I said I'd only need your attention for about 20 minutes. Picture a U shape. You know, like the letter that follows T and is just before V in the English alphabet, R-S-T-U-V, W-X-Y-Z. So you have that U shape in your head now, or on paper if you're taking notes. Now picture that the U shape has three basic parts. The left-hand side, which we could call the downward part of the U, the bottom of the U, and the right-hand side, what we could call the upward part of the U. Now add labels to the three parts. The left-hand side, that downward movement of the U, we'll call letting go. And the right-hand side, the upward movement of the U, we'll call letting come. And to the bottom of the U, we'll assign the word presencing. So putting it all together, take your real or imaginary writing implement and draw downward to form the letting go part of the U, and then leveling it out a bit to form the bottom of the U that we're calling the presencing zone of the model, and then finishing our real or imagined upward stroke on the right side to form the letting come part of the U. 
Now, if you're having difficulty picturing this, don't worry. I have a few graphics on the program notes for this podcast episode, and in two weeks I'll be digging deeper into the Theory U approach to leadership and change in my blog. Let's look at what the three parts of the U mean. Beginning with the two sides of the U, letting go and letting come. You can already tell by their labels that they mirror each other. Letting go. Hmm. Sounds easy, like letting go of a helium balloon that you released on purpose. But of course, letting go is so not easy. Try letting go of a mistake you made in front of others, or letting go of your high schooler to college, or toddler to preschool, or of a habit you're wanting to change. But letting go is possible. And not only is it possible, it's imperative if we intend to let other things come into our life. Because bringing new things into our life or allowing new patterns or new activities into our leadership life make for a full closet if you're not willing to let go of some stuff to make room. If you only add clothing to your closet, it eventually gets too crowded. But if you can thoughtfully, or at least occasionally, send some of your clothes on to other folks who would be happy for stuff you're not wearing or using anymore, now you have room for letting the new come in. Let's switch to the other side of the you, the letting come side. So if letting go is difficult because of our attachment to things or our preference for the known or our familiarity of what has been, letting come is difficult but for different reasons, like difficulty imagining the next phase, being sufficiently open to new ways of doing and being, creating space for the new to emerge in its incomplete and emerging form. Peter Senge, the author of the well-known book, The Fifth Discipline and promoter of learning organizations, once mused, it's common to say that trees come from seeds, but how could a tiny seed create a huge tree? Seeds do not contain the resources needed to grow a tree. These must come from the medium or environment within which the tree grows. But the seed does provide something that is crucial, a place where the whole of the tree starts to form. As resources such as water and nutrients are drawn in, the seed organizes the process that generates growth. In a sense, Senge concludes, the seed is a gateway through which the future possibility of the living tree emerges. We could almost say it's that place of presencing. Similarly, we're like these seeds that have within us the capacity to organize processes that generate growth. A seedling doesn't cling to its current form, but somehow understands that growth requires ongoing change. An acorn doesn't generate growth to produce an oak seedling for a few years and then begin producing maple or cherry. An oak is an oak. That acorn would likely have difficulty explaining the notion of its DNA, but it somehow knows it's an oak tree in the making. So back to the U-shape with its two sides letting go and letting come. The bottom of the U in that space or that zone that Otto Scharmer calls presencing is the intentionality of where a leader or organization gets and stays clear about its oakness. 
When we are present, fully present, to both what we need to let go and what is wanting to emerge, we are presencing. That is, we're being present to what we are sensing simultaneously needs to be happening, both the letting go and the letting come. And in order to do that, Sharma says, to be fully present to what needs letting go and what may be wanting to come or emerge, we need openness. Sharma layers onto the U-shape three layers that you might picture sort of horizontally layered on the U. The first layer he names as needing to have an open mind. It makes sense that having an open mind about what to let go would require a type of suspending what currently is in order to imagine what could be. If we can have a sufficiently open mind, it allows us to move deeper into the second layer of the U toward having an open heart. You might picture the open mind as occurring in your head while an open heart happens deeper within your body. Having an open heart involves being aware of our feelings, our emotions, and of sensing deeper than what we might try to discern only with our mind. If having an open mind means being curious, then having an open heart means being compassionate. Compassionate with ourselves, with others, with things beyond us. Sharma's third layer beyond having an open mind and an open heart involves having an open will. And this third layer takes not only being curious, not only being compassionate, but also being courageous. Think about the times in your life when you were able to suspend your prejudices to have an open mind. That alone, however, doesn't produce change. Lots of people have considered other ways to think or be, but just thinking about change doesn't create change. It's only a start. And think about the times in your life when you were not only able to have an open mind, but you also had an open heart. You suspended what you had known or believed and you allowed yourself to be touched or compassionately moved from the place of an open heart. Yet as necessary as both an open mind and open heart are, they together do not create deep enough change. Only until we add the third layer, the open will, can we realize transformational change. Here's the challenge in all this. We hear voices wherever leadership meets life. The voice of judgment, literally prejudging, is the enemy of an open mind. The voice of cynicism, which often involves being hurt, is the enemy of an open heart. And the voice of fear, which is so often weaponized by us and against us, is the enemy of an open will. Sharma believes it's at the bottom of the you, that place where we can genuinely and intentionally sense not only both sides of the you, but also sense from a place of authenticity, facing our fears, when we can best understand both what to let go and what to let come. Presencing involves connecting to what Sharma calls source, with a capital S. And frankly, this notion of connecting to source is one of the things I find most impactful about Theory U. Sharma's early work at MIT resulted in a book published by him and three colleagues, including Peter Senge. Another of the colleagues, Betty Sue Flowers, notes that, and I quote, in our present culture, 
We rarely give ourselves permission to talk about connections between the spiritual and professional. It's tragic. It keeps scientists from sharing the full extent of their insights. It obscures the creative process that have lived and limits future generations of students from their own creative work. End of quote. Peter Singa adds why it's so difficult to suspend what we know and believe in the letting go part of the process. In his words, and I quote, when we truly suspend taken for granted ways of seeing the world, what we start to see can be disorienting or disturbing and strong emotions like fear and anger arise, which are hard to separate from what we see. To the extent we're trying to avoid these emotions, we'll also avoid suspending. To the extent we can't talk about any of this, it limits all of us. We all know, he continues, that a team that can't tell the truth about its emotional state limits its strategic thinking as well because the cognitive and emotional are so connected. End of quote. You know, I began by mentioning the importance of the whole, with a W, of working at things holistically, with an H, that is looking at the whole. So what does Sharmer mean by connecting to source? Source is that place from which we can answer holistically who we are. That place from which we can become clear about our purpose, from which we can relate better to others, to the whole system, and to ourselves. And these three dimensions, others, the whole system, and ourselves, Sharma suggests, requires us to, in his words, explore the edges of the system and the self, end of quote. By exploring the edges of the system, he means going to the place of most potential. For example, walking in the shoes of some of the most marginalized people. It is our experience that the new of in any system shows up first at the periphery, he says. That's where you see the problems and the opportunities as if through a magnifying glass. Diverse stakeholder groups can use their shared experiences to become aware, to make sense of what is actually going on. And by exploring the edges of the self, Sharma means, and I quote, shifting the inner place from which one operates. It means opening the mind, the heart, and the will. It means suspending old habits of judgment. It means empathizing. And it means letting go of what wants to die in oneself and letting come what is wanting to be born. End of quote. Now, look, I realize a theoretical model by a German economist who teaches at MIT may be starting to sound pretty gooey. But let's ground it briefly and see where that leaves us. We know to be true that we need to grow or we die. Take that as literally or figuratively as you wish. We know to be true that many times, wherever leadership meets life, we need to let go of some things in order for other things to come into our life or our organization. And we can imagine it to be true that to be a whole person, a whole leader, we need a sufficiently open mind, open heart, and open will. And at some level, I believe most of us know to be true that there is a spiritual dimension to our lives, and that when that aspect of our life is limited by judgment 
or is hardened by difficult or hurtful experiences, or hides in fear of what others might think or say, or if it can't be expressed for any other reason, we are dying. You and I know people who are living, breathing humans, walking around in life, but who are in important ways dead. That is, they are not growing. You and I might describe differently what it means to connect to source. And yet most of us know when it is or isn't happening. Some of us connect to source in nature or in the bustle of a coffee shop. Others of us in a church or labyrinth or other religious setting. Others of us in books or conversation. And still others of us connect to source in the quietness of prayer or meditation or a facilitated team retreat. Whatever helps you connect in ways that allow you or your organization to clarify your oakness or your mapleness or your cherryness, that is a source that can inform you about what to let go and what to let come. Well, I'm getting close to overstaying my episodic appointment with this podcast episode, so here's a quick summary. Seeds that develop into trees organize resources around them to live fully into their essence, into their true purpose. As a person or leader or organization, an open mind, an open heart, and an open will can lead you into a presencing space from which you can connect to source to clarify what in the letting go and letting come activity of life will allow you to make your best contribution to others around you and to the world and to yourself. I'm grateful you decided to join me for this Leadership Meets Life podcast. I would love to hear what you found helpful about today's podcast or what you find perplexing. Reach out to me at leadershipmeetslifepodcast.com or leadershipmeetslifeblog.com and let's start a conversation. I'd be honored if you'd share my podcast with other folks. Thanks, as always, to my fearless producer, Jennifer Miller of Strategically Connected, who so expertly helps me behind the scenes as we connect wisdom and action for your leadership world, for wherever leadership meets life. Thank you.